Hey my friend, I know that you're all geared up to start your own firm, but you still have a lot of questions and doubts about how to create a system where your work goes on just like you want it to go. You don't be stressed every day and instead you enjoy and expand your growth into this new journey that you have planned for yourself. Well, this episode is just the right fit for you. In this episode, I have a very special guest where we dig deep into the stepping stones of design business. Let's get started. Allow me to welcome Vyoma Patwa. She is the principal architect at Design Lab Vyoma. So Vyoma, how are you doing and how are you making the most of this lockdown period? Well, uh, lockdown, I'm sure it's been same for everyone, but uh, we've got a server, so I'm just working on sure, designing that's going on, all the pending backlog work that's there, updating websites, you know, building a lot of live series and webinars to gain how much of knowledge we can. So, Right, right. So, uh, when is the right time to start your own practice? That is the one of the most common questions that I've had so far. So, I want to ask you the same question, listening directly from the expert. When is the right time to start your own practice, and what are some important skills that budding architects need before they start their entrepreneurial journey? Well, so personal from personal experience, I would say one of the most is to have a work experience. Like, don't directly get out of college and try and jump in or starting a new firm or anything. Work somewhere for a couple of years, gain on-site experience because it's very different from what you learn in college. You realize there's a whole new parameter of knowledge and details that you need to understand before you can handle your own site by yourself. So, work ethics is very important. The scale of the firm is not any scale, any kind, maybe you'll develop also what's your liking, what's your not, what you're not liking, what your expertise. So it's good to work at a multi-diverse functional office. So that's one thing. Uh, secondly, if we're looking at starting up the firm, uh, you should invest in uh, invest a little time in your legalities before you jump into your uh, firm. So when I talk about uh, legalities, I mean, uh, you know, there's smaller things like setting up your shop and establishment uh, document. Uh, there are things like getting your uh, current account done because tomorrow when you are looking at sending your invoices and stuff, you don't want your clients transferring money in a savings account. It's not a profession. Uh, you have that. Then you have uh, even your shopping establishment uh, license. You need that if you're taking up a rental space for your studio. So uh, there are these smaller things which, of course, uh, you might not think it's important in the start, but once you are in it, you don't want to sit and bother with all these things. So you might as well get done with it. Another advantage is that uh, it will really help you in your uh, tax benefits. Like, you know, when you have a, uh, like a shop and establishment license or a proprietorship firm, you can show your expenses, whether it's software expenses, whether it's a junior that you hire, whether it's your rent. So, you know, it makes a lot of difference in, in the largest overall. So, that's that's another important point. Um, besides that, I feel uh, you should also look at having your own studio space, as I mentioned. Don't do this thing of, uh, okay, I'm going to sit at home from a laptop and I'll figure out when I get a client, when I get a side and I'll see what Start off with a small firm. Like, start off with a small setup. It's, it's okay to be a co-working space. It, you don't have to have a, an office by yourself. Or pick up a small office of 200, 300 square feet. Enough for you and maybe one or two people to sit and you know, start off with work. 
So it just gives a more professional outlook. Uh, it helps your vendors connect with you better. Call for samples, call for keep in touch with the new materials that's coming on. So it gives a more again professional outlook. The clients take you a little more seriously. If you right. One that takes you seriously, right? So uh, right. that's another important thing that I, I feel, which I realized from my practice why the hand started off. Um, besides this, so there are like few more points like. Uh, yeah, like you need to uh, build your portfolio. So, right. When I'm talking about that, like uh, it's fine if you just started off if you have maybe one project or half a project or maybe you can show some stuff of what you worked at some place. You can show them that this is the kind of work you've done while you were working at this firm, clearly mentioning, not claiming it as your work. Letting them know this is what I'm capable of. And if you have done maybe one or two projects, invest in a good firm. Like, uh, you, you might feel it that, oh, so much money on a professional photo shoot, maybe it's not worth it. But trust me, in the long run, all that matters is your portfolio. Because when you go to pitch in your work to a client, the only thing they have to judge for is the work you've done before. So make sure you take that effort and build your design portfolio so that pitch in for better projects with your clients. And so, yeah, like these are, I think, some of the very important few tips that tend to miss or they kind of realize with time and with the struggle. So if you have all these things in mind, it'll just make your life much more simpler for you to grow, for you to build. And uh, another thing is also, yeah, your side team people are also very really important. So you know, before you just jump in, it just it's always good to get in connection with say your basic contractors like you know, your civil, your carpentry, your electrician, your plumber and your painter. Like, Broadly, these are like the four or five categories. So right. Craftsmanship right. Uh, that you need. Hmm. So, so how do you go about creating a team for your projects of all these labels and craftsmen? Uh, so see, uh, when you have just started off, of course, you will know by and by colleagues and friends or where you have worked before. You might get in touch with some of the contractors and companies that are available in the market scale most available for commercial projects. So you can get in touch with say maybe even one of them via one. And once you get in touch with say one of them, through them you can easily because it's a chain, you know, they all are connected. Each contractor knows that who's good for civil, who's good for the painting, who's good for the electrical work. So they all have their uh, insect teams and, and you know their connections and bonding with each other. So you can always talk to them, judge their work, see the kind of work they have done. Understand from their work, their finishes, check out the life cycle if, if it's around your area or if it's in your city. There's no harm in case you work with some other architects you can maybe uh, take their references, talk to the architects, talk to the clients if they allow you, and ask them in a first hand experience that how was it. So gradually, slowly, slowly you can eventually build your team. Initially it can be a little tough where you might trial and error, you might realize that okay, some people are better at some things and some people are not that great. As I mentioned before, legal formalities. Um, it's uh, good to get your shop and establishment license, your proprietorship firm registered from the start. You know? So once you have a firm, then only you can take any legal action if there is a copyright issue or if you want to protect your work. Uh, tomorrow, even if you have a website, you, know, you can mention that copyright uh, tag down. So tomorrow, if you find somebody using your work, copying your stuff, you have a basis where you can go and you can at least 
talk to them or give you'll have a basis for it otherwise without even having a form there is no legal connection getting involved in this whole system so it's important you get that done right so uh, when we talk about meeting our clients so what are some essential things that you prepare before you meet the client uh, so for meeting a client it was the first time um, i see usually initially you will get your clients it's from a known source either your relative or friend or somebody via via so you already have a slight upper hand when they recommended you because you know you're starting off so of course they they also kind of prepared to know that you're not going to have any work experience or something like that but nevertheless it's always good to know a little bit about the client before you go as to what what background are they from what are their likes and dislikes what kind of space they're looking at because it's essentially a mission a store that they want to a restaurant or something so you know you can prepare yourself mentally to talk to them on those lines and the most important thing is uh, getting a portfolio in place so a good uh, set of just clips with okay that is 10 photos but good 10 photos which are professionally shot which are like you invested a little money in your professional photo shoot and you can just compile like take a hard book or something or take it on an ipad or something where they can just scroll through it and then you just talk to them and have a connect so i think that's really important where you meet them give them that little time where you're not in a rush that you have to meet you and go somewhere else after this it's good to just sit talk to them understand what they want so you know it makes them also comfortable with you right so yeah that should be your first approach to meeting any client right so as you were talking about portfolios if somebody hasn't done any projects yet and they're meeting the first client for the very first time what do they show and what kind of system should they create in that very first project for design phase execution phase and everything okay um so as i mentioned uh, your work experience is really important so i wouldn't suggest you directly jump in unless you have a work and if you have a work you have obviously done some projects, some work in your office where you work before. So you can always compile that as, as like a small presentation showing your client that this is the kind of work I have single-handedly or with me and my team of XYZ people. We have done this work. This is the kind of drawings I have made. This is my design sensibilities. This is the kind of, uh, you know, outlook I have towards things and stuff like that. That could be one small way where they get a brief idea as to what your potential is. You know, because how else will they uh, another thing besides that, if you're just starting off, you can also maybe get like a basic um, design presentation ready, like which would just be a few reference images. It's not going to take up much of your time. It would just be a compilation of, uh, if it's a residential, what's the kind of look and feel there? Uh, reference images of office layout, or space planning, or the kind of uh, finishes and the color schemes. And just, just those few presentations, you can just maybe quickly show them. But make sure you take it back with you. Don't leave it with you unless they have signed off with you. Because it's happened with me before also where they've taken up the whole designs and everything. And six months down the line, I've realized that they've actually hired some local contractor and got the whole thing done. So just to make sure that you don't face those kind of issues, you can show them your work. You can work on, on pitch the project basically. But take the material back with you. Right. Right. That's important. Don't, don't leave anything with you, no matter what they tell you. you call for a second meeting if you have to go 
go again with some other members of the family or of the office, but make sure you take your own Right. This this is an important one. This is a yeah, must remember. The hard way. <laughs> so I just want to make sure that somebody doesn't get through. So doesn't doesn't matter the scale of the project because uh, as I told you, it happened to us. It was a huge scale. It was in the first year of our of our studio. It was like around eight thousand square feet of an office office space. It was like a huge office space coming up in an upcoming building. So of course, I was very excited and I'm more than happy to do everything because you know. I, a buyer efforts and I thought maybe I'll get the project and later do I come to know that okay, <laughs> my designs just went away yeah. so just want to make sure people don't go through that so how do you go about uh, convincing a stubborn client about the design proposal uh, so this is where I think your design philosophy and your design process is very important that's where it comes in place so when I'm talking about a design process, it's uh, basically it's just uh, a very detailed structure you know, of what you are deciding to do right from meet, from the day you meet your client till your handover. Okay, so you need to uh, you need to have your concepts in place. You need to have a look and feel in place. So when you after understanding from the client as to what his beliefs are, what his requirements, what his likings, dislikings are, after understanding the site condition, which is again a very important thing kind of light coming in, the kind of volumes of the spaces that is there. After you analyze all this and then when you develop your concept and which eventually leads to your look and feel and your uh, basic furniture layouts and stuff. So if you follow this process very clearly and you've engaged your clients right from the start in each of this process, I'm sure suddenly the client at, at your detailing stage is not going to come up with an image out of the blue and say, oh, this is a Pinterest image and I want to do this. You know, because he will also understand, he or she will also understand that this is the process you are following. There's a certain look and feel that you're looking for that particular space, which they've agreed to or they've approved of and they've liked of. So once you understand that, very rarely will you have clients who will be stubborn and be like, oh no, you know, I want you to do this. And if they are so stubborn, then, then why would they hire you? They've hired you so that they, you can give in your, your expertise on a particular matter. They, of course, want your input. That's the reason why they're paying you, right? Right. So they're not just going to suddenly come up and, and they're going to be like, this is what I want to do. And even if they do, even if you have clients who come up and, and tell you that this is what I want to do, you, you understand what is it in that in that image or in that Pinterest or online image that they like. You know, whether are they looking at the textures, fabrics, or the color combination, or is it the space layout? What is it that they're liking so much in that image? And then you try and at least incorporate. Recommend young practitioners, young architects and designers who've just started practicing get aware of the new trends, the new materials that are coming in the market. Okay, so the easiest way for this is you, um, you just try and attend as many exhibitions that are coming up. There are a lot of design exhibitions and vendor exhibitions that are available all over, like not only on the major cities, it's available at slightly uh, mid-scale level also, or in entire cities also. So that's a good, that's a very good thing to uh, to start off with. At least you will start moving as to who are available where. And uh, most of these vendors, they serve you panic. So you don't have to worry if it's an exhibition happening in Bombay or Delhi or somewhere else. You will have people from all over supplying you materials and products everywhere, even if you need samples, not and uh, initially you might just find it a little bit difficult where you have to source vendors but once you get into that
or a year or two down the line when you made your presence somewhere available, vendors will start finding you by themselves. So uh, initially, again, when you go to the exhibitions, make sure you have some kind of physical, uh, like your card or something with your details, with your contact details, so they can get in touch with you. And once they get in touch with you, they'll keep updating you on the new products they have. So you don't have to worry so much about that once you just enter the market. And then you, things will start flowing. Also, um, one more good thing you can do is every city has its own uh, area where they have, which is known for the interior products or for the goods and stuff. But each area, each city has its own uh, market available. So it's a good thing, you know, initially you can just get out in the cities and go explore, take their cards, give them your cards. And you'll be surprised to see how many vendors via via they got in touch with you and they are connected to you and they keep sending you samples and materials and you know, all the e-catalogs and stuff. So, that's a good way to connect in, right. in your city itself. Uh, what are some major hurdles that you faced on site that, uh, I mean to ask, on sites which are already constructed and you were doing interior works or you were creating from the scratch, you were doing architecture projects, what were some major problems that you faced and how would you recommend young architects and designers work on those kind of problems? Um, okay, so see, a major one of the major issues that you might face on site is if your contracting team is is not that efficient. So it's really important uh, that you make sure you make this selection very wisely and you see their work, judge their work before you hire them for your project. That's A, because if they are not executing it correctly, it's not practical for you to be on site each and every day standing on their head for like 10 hours a day. So, at some place, you have to make sure that they are capable of understanding your work, drawings, your style of designing and everything. That's one. Uh, second thing is uh, to make sure that before you jump into uh, any kind of site, any kind of lifestyle, make sure you have all your detailed drawings which are thoroughly worked out. You know, whether it is you know, your handle detail or jewelry detail or flooring detail, any kind of detail, your civil dumping drawings, electrical drawings, Make sure they all are very clearly aligned with the client also. The client is aware, this is what's going to be like. These are where my points are going to be. These are where my lines are going to come in. And your drawings need to be very clear so that on site you don't face issues. Because a lot of time it happens or if your drawings are not very thoroughly worked out, you start work on site and then you realize, oh, this beam is suddenly coming up and my false design is changing. Or suddenly this column, it came from where, oh my God, I can't, I can't you know, draw my lines or my plumbing lines across this wall because there's a column there. So those things are very crucial when you do your site inspection so thoroughly that you don't have to face more of on-site working drawing, working execution problem because that will delay your project, you will end up wasting extra money and resources and doing the same thing again. It will kind of disturb the clients also because they feel like the same thing is happening again and again on-site, what happened? Of course you will make mistakes, you will learn from it, so don't worry, but when you try and uh, you know get your drawings as much clear as you can, you will make lesser and more minor mistakes, which probably you can you know uh, you can oversee or you can try and uh, mend it rather than having major issues on site. So so yeah, so that's when your design process is very important. When you chart out a whole step by step step uh, details of how you want to proceed with, uh, with the whole thing. And um, another tip on that is. Uh, Make sure your vendors are all aligned correctly. So a lot of times on site, on live sites, the 
major times why you have delays is because you know the vendors are not supplying them with enough time and and all our working people they have this mentality where they will easily put it off on each other so yeah they will like iska galti tha ya iska material nahi aaya what can i do and you know they they'll just do the whole blame game thing that will happen now so make sure you you know well in advance as to which material is required when on site so you can pre plan for it you can confirm with your vendor that xyz Delivered to site on XYZ date. So, and for that, make sure your clients are also in the loop so that your payments don't get delayed. Because periods are not on site, workers are not. So it's a whole chain. So you need to make sure that your uh, design process is so such charted out such that your client has an intuition or they know that in the next two weeks X amount of payment is going to be required. So they will figure out their finances and. They Great, great. Thank you, Vyoma. Thank you so much for so many tips and so many insights about practicing.